1: Coming up on today's episode, we recap the Jets' bye week, including Chisholm getting waved, Lindholm to Vancouver, and NHL All-Star Weekend.
0: Hello, everybody. Recording live from somewhere.
1: What's good and welcome to another episode of Skates and Plates on the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm your host Brandon Rewicki. You can follow me on Twitter at Brandon underscore Rewicki, or the podcast at Skates Plates Pod. All right good to be back at it. Apologies for the lengthy delay but we are finally good to go again. CJOB's Tyson Rewicki here with us once again on Skates and Plates and yeah it's been a while Tice. Um, turns out that Buying, selling, moving houses is uh, not conducive to uh, scheduling things properly on a podcast. Oh, so, oh really? Yeah. So there, uh, yeah, that, that would explain the delay that's been going on. And the fact that I've been stress eating for the past two and a half weeks. <laughs> just, yeah. Yeah, just a couple couple but,
0: spoonfuls of peanut butter. how do you, know, that, blah, blah, blah. It's that, funny you say thing. that? Because
1: we're out of snacks right now in the house. Because, like, I mean, there's basically nothing here. But I saw like the shadow of the peanut butter jar, and I was like, "Oh no, my de- my demons are here to haunt me!" Like, let me just leave me alone. It's the new I, chicken. I, it's a new chicken noodle soup. It's good for the soul. I yeah, it, it's clogging my veins. I'm assuming so. It's like a, it's a little. There's some give and take there. Um, but I gotta the, the diet does start on Monday. Actually, it should start right now because Super Bowl Sunday is. Like nine days away. And so the temple needs to be cleansed before Super Bowl Sunday goes into full effect. So I'm a I, 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 strict diet, strict routine, strict scheduling. I'm back in the swing of things now, baby. We're back. And I mean, it happened, at, it happened at a decent time because the Jets, you know, were off and have been off since that Saturday night loss to the Maple Leafs. But um, yeah, as you heard in the intro a decent amount of news involving the Jets with them being away from the ring right now. Um, Obviously the move with Chisholm and then the trade with Elias Lindholm late last night on Wednesday. So, I mean, it's a pretty busy time here in Winnipeg, and it's going to be that way, you know, running through the all-star break because we, I mean, today, Feb 1, we are officially a month and a week away from the trade deadline. So... Yeah, things are going to get pretty crazy in the city here. So, pretty exciting times. Um, why don't we start the episode, Tyson, with the uh, the first move of the week? Declan Chisholm put on waivers. Uh, not a lot of hope that he was going to clear. <laughs> I mean, it's, everyone was like, it's just going to be how how far down the list does he make it?" As opposed to, "Can the Jets sneak him through?" Sort of a thing. I mean, I guess it's kind of good in a sense that the Jets have good players because anytime they put somebody on waivers. They're the only ones that ever get claimed. Um, But I guess let's just dive into the whole situation here. Because, again, Feb 1 is Groundhog Day. Feb 2. What's that?
0: Feb 2 is Groundhog Day.
1: Oh, well, even better. That's when the episode comes out. (laughs) Um, it, It was Groundhog Day all over again. Where for the second time in two, three years... The Winnipeg Jets lose a young, cost-controlled defenseman for Zippo. Should there be outrage, or is this just the this is just the the life of a of, of a team that drafts and develops well and is challenging for top spot in the conference?
0: Well, to me, like there shouldn't be. I wouldn't say outrage, but in my mind, it's not. It's just bad asset managing. Like, really, like, you've already seen this happen once with Johnny Kovacevic, you lose a cost-controlled right-handed D-man. Declan Chisholm's not right-handed, but he's played the right side quite a bit, actually, in the AHL. Um, Excuse me, but just having, losing another NHL defenseman for nothing, it just hurts. Especially, this is such an avoidable situation, because we've talked about this back in August, right? Like, they got lucky with Hainala suffering that injury. Not necessarily lucky, I would say, but lucky in the sense of avoiding that situation. And just the fact that you see this happen again, and to me, it's it's an avoidable situation. If To me, if Logan Stanley's there and Declan Chisholm's there, and we're comparing the two, Logan Stanley's going to have more value on an open market than Declan Chisholm will. Now, that necessarily doesn't mean that one's better than the other, Maybe Logan Stanley might be better than Declan Chisholm. We haven't really seen him play at the, the, the next level, but in my eyes, I view Declan Chisholm as a as a equal at least to Logan Stanley right now in terms of on ice value. Market value, Logan Stanley's gonna get you more value than Declan Chisholm. Well, just because he has that first round pedigree attached to him. If you have two guys who you think are similar talent-wise, it makes it's a to me, it's a no-brainer to get rid of the guy who asked for a trade who you really have no spot in the lineup for it's to me, it's a no brainer, and instead you lose an NHL defenseman for nothing, so you're down a defenseman with nothing to gain from it. And now you can say that the the, the hole in the lineup's a little bit open up for Hanala to maybe come in later in the season and show that maybe he can play on this roster into the playoffs, but I don't really see it that this year. And even if we, we compare Declan Chisholm's best season statistically in the AHL to Billy Hanala's. He's got more points than Hainala. Now, you, you can bring in the fact that there's games played involved there. Yes, that's fair. They play the same amount of games in a season. Maybe Hainala reaches that same point total. But to kind of just throw away to a defenseman that you've really developed and to be like, Minnesota claimed him. And at the time when they claimed him, he, they were the sixth worst team in the NHL. So he didn't go far down the waiver wire. I would assume that there was a lot of other teams that were in the playoffs that are kind of looking for D help right now. that are short on the defensive end would have put in claims as well. And that just shows that he does have value across the league. And you're kind of throwing a valuable defenseman away for nothing. I, it, it's just, I, it just bugs me because it's such an avoidable situation, but it, it comes down to what we all kind of feared, not necessarily fear because it's not an earth shattering move. It's not going to make or break the Jets' season, but it's just, to me, it's just poor asset managing.
1: Yeah, no, 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 and 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 that's that's really what it is, Tyson. Like, I don't know. I you would have thought that Chevy might have learned his lesson when when they lost Kova Savage for nothing, right? And I look, and it happens to every team at some point where there's a numbers game. I I get it, but I thought the Kova Savage situation could have been avoided, and I thought this was an avoidable one as well. And then you kind of touched on it there too. I mean, look, whatever you think of Logan Stanley. One, the Jets obviously value him more than the majority of the fan base, and they just flat out like him more than Chisholm. But, again, you could have moved him for a third-round pick. And right now you would have Declan Chisholm in a third-round pick and the ability to be a little more creative in terms of, you know, not even flexibility in cap-wise, but, like, you get an extra asset, you know, an extra draft pick. Maybe that's the difference in, in getting a rental at the deadline. Or or whatever it might be, right? But it's really more of a macro thing to me that it is just what are the Jets going to do this season? Because in the grand scheme of things, would would you know is Declan Chisholm going to tip the scales for the Jets to win the Stanley Cup? No, unlikely. But I really dislike this this um, this set of the Jets have had with two of their defensemen here, where you draft them. You spend years developing them, you turn them into legitimate NHL players, and you lose them for nothing, all to keep replacement-level players on your roster. That is the whole point of being drafted, (laughs) develop, is to draft, develop, and then play those guys, not draft, develop, wave, start all over again. And, and people can say that it's, you know, inconsequential to this year, yada, yada, yada. But Tyson, I mean, if the Jets had Johnny Kovacevic in the organization and have had him for a couple of years, maybe that would have allowed them to ship off Nate Schmidt and his salary. Maybe, you know, having Chisholm and, and him playing a, a number of games allows you to go even cheaper on your third pair. And you're able to ship off six, seven million dollars, six, seven, eight million dollars in salary, and you're getting the same level of performance as you would have, but you can turn that money into a weapon or two up front. And boy, wouldn't that look good for this team right now? Right? It's it's just it's one of those things where it's you know it's almost like death by a thousand paper cuts. Like one instance isn't really going to kill you, but when you just do it time and time and time again you do limit your ability to make moves and maneuver and add assets and things like that. I I just, you know, look, Chevy had one hell of a calendar year, but I think this is a bit of a blind spot for him. And it might all come down to just quite simply the fact that this organization has, they've got the blinders on for Logan Stanley. They, they just think he's better than everybody else does. And I don't think that's the case. And it's arguably cost them too cheap, young defenseman for nothing.
0: Well, and he, this is a guy that was named the age, like the the man, the Moose's MVP last year. Yeah, like he's the team clearly values him, and he was very important to the Moose team last year. Like, it just kind of blows my mind that it's just a, a throwaway. <laughs> it really does. I just, I, I just don't like seeing assets that can be used in a positive way. Like, look at Vlad Nemestikov; you went for a fifth round pick last year when the jets traded for him you're telling me you couldn't get a pick higher than a 5th round pick for logan stanley and then move that pick for another valuable death piece like that's that that goes a long way and then you're still retaining some other picks along the way like it's you're not depleting the cupboard completely it's just it's it's not going to kill him in the grand scheme of things but i think it's a wasted opportunity to make a couple moves to better the team in the long run
1: yeah Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah, this isn't, uh, this tanks the Jets' cup chances. It's just, in a year or two, could have made things a little bit easier to get aggressive in certain areas of the roster there. So, best of luck to Chisholm. Not too much luck, I guess, because Minnesota sucks. So, maybe have a a good start there and get shipped somewhere else and have a great career. Um, Adds another interesting wrinkle to the Jets' wild rivalry as well. Uh, but, I mean, you did touch on one thing there, which maybe does open things up. Um, but, I mean, Vili hanela officially back in the fold, maybe this does give him a slight opening to be this team's, I guess, seventh defenseman, right? I mean, I I, I can't imagine they have Stanley listed ahead of him on the depth chart, right? But um, I, I'm going to be intrigued to see if the Jets... And we assume that Scheifele and Villardi and everybody will be back for the next game uh, Tuesday against Pittsburgh. I wonder if the Jets go eleven seven for the for the next little bit. Just uh, just because it frankly gives Vilihanila a
0: chance to get into some games. What do you think? I like it. I would. That would, that would be ideal. It's just with this Jets team lately and. The prospects and including Hanela, it just doesn't seem like they really get that chance once he gets to the next level. Like they even we only only saw Declan Chisholm in two games this year. And the other thing with this is that Logan Stanley hasn't played a lot this year. He really hasn't. And so, like to me, the way that Hanela played in the preseason, you have to give him that opportunity to prove that he can still be an NHLer because if he doesn't get hurt, he's an NHLer to start the year.
1: Well, and to me. It's almost bigger than just what Hainala could be. I think the Jets owe it to themselves to find out. And I don't know if the answer is yes or no to this. But like the power play right now might cost the Winnipeg Jets a playoff series. They need to find out if is this a structural thing or is this a personnel issue? And I'm not saying this is Josh Morrissey's fault, the power play has stunk all year, but Vili Hainala is a power play wizard on the back end. Like if you can avoid giving up something at the deadline and have Vili hanela help to run your power play, I mean, that, that can solve one, I mean, the biggest issue for the team right now, right? Like if he at least shows, you know, elevated play over a Morrissey, Pionk, whoever, it's worth his weight in gold there. Like, even if you have to go 11-7 for a while just to get him into the lineup. Like, that that to me is more of a reason to get him in there as opposed – I mean, obviously you want to know what you have in him. But I think for the Jets right now, it's more like issue number one is fixing our power play. And how do we go about doing that? And if Vili can be the answer to that, then we got to find a way to get him in the lineup, even if it's at the cost of a guy that doesn't deserve to come out on the fourth line. So we'll see what happens there. Um, I'll tell you who's not going to be the answer to the Jets' power play issues, Tyson. Elias Lindholm.
0: Way. That's how
1: you segue. Uh, that was the big news in the NHL this week. Jimmy Rutherford just he just can't help himself, and I love it. <laughs> I, I love it. I I gotta be honest. I got a soft spot for GMs that love wheeling and dealing. <laughs> they'll they'll lose a decent amount, but it's just like I just love that mindset. It's how fans like to think, right? Where it's like. We got to make some moves to shake things up. And I I, I dig it. And I love it. And then he made the biggest one of the year so far. He's actually made the only two trades in season, right? Zadarov and then now obviously Elias Lindholm.
0: Uh, yeah, like a notoriety. I bet there was a couple throughout the year where it's just no, nothing. Players. No, just Jim. Just Jim. <laughs> <laughs> just Jimmy. Um, But yeah,
1: I mean, obviously for a lot of people, the Jets' top trade target is... Off the books. Heading to to Vancouver. I mean, I I actually like the trade for both sides. And like just looking at it from a hockey perspective, Tyson, I think both teams came out pretty well here. Vancouver gets arguably the best rental on the market. And Calgary gets a pretty decent package for them. Right? You get your first-round pick, which you need. Kuzmenko could be a pretty good flip candidate, either at the deadline or at the draft. And they get a semi interesting prospect in that, that 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 hunter kid who's tearing up the OHL right now. So i mean, i like the deal for both sides here. And i mean look, vancouver's like kind of found ourselves in you know un- uncharted waters here and let, let's just go for it. Like let's take a run at this thing and then see what happens this year and what kind of looks like a wide open western conference.
0: But before we get into the jet side of things, what do you think of the deal just overall? I agree with you. I like it for both sides, and I and I think Vancouver kind of realized that they were going to have to pay a premium in division, and they just went out and did it. Like they they didn't care. They. they I, I think
1: it. I think the premium was more just to get him now. Like yeah, I, you do you, you you you
0: ensure that you get him right now, for sure. And uh, but the pieces that they got in there, like that first, clearly a, a solid asset, Kuzmenko. Uh, who knows he could he, he's an enigma like that's he 100% is, is an enigma and we'll see how how he does he might light it up there's a couple flames out there maybe he pairs up with Sharon govich and he finds some some magic some chemistry there um but that hunter brostowicz guy i think that's how you say his last name i'm not gonna go not for gonna it go you, you said it with you said it with
1: confidence so that i i i'm i'm
0: with you but yeah he, I saw that he was one scout compared to him to Adam Fox, and with that, that that's a smart thing for that scout to do. By it, the way, right? It's it's a little that's definitely hyperbolic, but there, there's a lot of D-men in the OHL this year who are really having solid seasons. Like there's uh, Oliver Bonk, a Flyers prospect, plays for a stacked London team. He, and he's yeah, he has an outrageous amount of points already, and Bruce Stavich has more than he does. Like he he clearly has legitimate skills. It's just, will that translate? But I think that's a good wild card to get for the for the Flames, seeing as how he might be the second or third best, like highest value piece in that trade when it's all said and done. I, I think the Flames did really good on it. And the Canucks, hey, they realize that their window might not be too long. Who knows what Patterson's going to do? So let's go all in and we'll deal with this later. I I, I like when teams take one way or the other. I yeah. don't like when I don't like when it, you're kind of pitter pattering and seeing oh we'll tinker here and there, but the, no the Canucks went out and they got the best forward available. Right now they're top five team in the NHL. They add the t- number one trade target. I like the move for Jimmy Rutherford. Yeah, you know, and I hate to bring this up for Jets fans, but whenever
1: I see people freaking out over an overager dominating like one of the junior leagues in Canada. Yeah, I, I I remember people doing the 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 Yan Kosteluk thing, fourth round pick for the Jets a few years back, and he was I think he was named D Man of the Year in the queue. and it's like oh we've got this is the steal of the century here, and it's like pump the brakes a little bit everybody like overagers dominate in juniors because they are over the age of the rest of the people in the league like so hey, the, the hundred kid might be you might end
0: up being a beauty. I, I will. Sorry, I just wanted to add to that. He did kind of get a little bit buried when he first came in. He started with the national development team, and he kind of got. I think he kind of got lost a little bit in the shuffle there on that team, which why he kind of fell down the rankings and beat an offensive defenseman. He's not overly big. He's listed at six feet. I'm not sure if he is six feet, but since he's gone over to the OHL, he's really put up some solid numbers. I'm so skeptical.
1: <laughs> good luck good luck i hope it works out for you but like i just don't know how many times people overvalue especially with defensemen they overvalue overage, young small skilled defensemen that get to the nhl and it's like oh wait they can't just skate past 16 year old kids anymore so we'll see what happens i still like the trade for both sides there um but now things get interesting from a winnipeg perspective tyson because uh quite frankly what the hell do the jets do now <laughs> like i don't know i'm kind of freaking out a little bit because the options that a lot of people are throwing out there i really don't know how realistic most of them are and when i say that i mean like realistically available so well like what do we do <laughs> where do the jets go who do they target I don't, I really don't know what happens now.
0: Yeah. I I don't know either. I mean, the, the the whole, this is a strong, this is a strong start (laughs) to the segment where we're both like, I don't know what they do. I mean, the ace of Chevy sleeve is that he goes after a name. That's no one's, no one's talking about, but like, but like you mentioned, some of the names that are being thrown out there, like Claude Giroux, we've been over that. He's not moving this year. He's just not. Yeah. we talked a little bit earlier about Casey Milstead and you made a good point like why why would Buffalo develop this forward I mean we saw the Jets got to do that with these kids <laughs> yeah why would, why would mm. Buffalo develop this forward he's finally showing something in the NHL and then you find you know, and you ship him out I, I I don't know if that's reasonable Sean Monahan scares the hell out of me and I do not want to be the team that gives up a premium asset for Sean Monahan he's like Calgary gave up a first round pick to get rid of a 27 year old Sean Monahan that is not a good luck for a 27 year old who should be entering his prime he's had major major surgeries and he's just not the same player that he was when he was playing with Goudreau. because just because he's putting up numbers on a Montreal team that isn't very deep that isn't deep down the middle that's for sure like he's on on the power play yeah he penalty kills but someone has to on Montreal like that doesn't mean that he's super effective on the penalty kill I just to me, I don't want to touch Sean Monahan and the rest of the centers. Yeah, they can, you could provide some value on a guy like Scott Lawton or you mentioned J.G. Pajot a little while ago. But you know, like how much of those like are those guys really needle movers? Elias Lindholm is a little bit of a needle mover, but you know, where are you going to find that needle mover that kind of puts you in the upper echelon of the West? I I'm intrigued to see what Chevy does, but man, I, I it's I got to think that it's a guy that no one's really talking about. Yeah,
1: that's, that's a tough, I mean, to me, it's, it's with Monaghan. It's, I mean, the first round pick ask is just ridiculous. Yeah. Like that, that's what it is. Like I just think some team's going to pay way too much. And what I also, and you kind of touched on it there. Like I think he's got three hits this year. I got to pull this up. The number he, and, and I totally get why he's doing this because he wants to, I think have as lengthy of a career as he can, but people bring up his size and stuff. And it's like, he does not play that way because he doesn't want to get hurt. And I just, I I worry that, you know, one, he's not going to be as productive because he's not going to be put in the same situations as he is right now in Montreal. But two, can he legitimately hold up over the course of a playoff series, let alone a number of different playoff series? So, I mean, if it came down to a third round pick, sure, sign me up. But that's not going to be the case. And I just don't think, I just don't think the fit is there for the Winnipeg Jets right now. Um, and yeah, yeah, as to what happens there. I mean, I, I circle around Columbus and I, if I'm Chevy, I, you know, it's kind of like, I'm in the real estate mind right now, Tyson, you know, it's like a house that doesn't sell. Um, I'll just keep checking every couple of days. Right. <laughs> like just keep, keep giving Yarmo, send Yarmo a text, send him an email like, Hey, just checking it on Boone, you know, Tough season for you guys. Just let me know. I I, I think.
0: So I just wanted to say, what do you think? This is kind of sidetracking me. What do you think Columbus is like? How do you think Guillermo's approach going into the deadline is? Like, he's got to know that he's like, he's done after the year. Like, I how do you make moves towards the future when you know that you're not going to be the GM of this team in two months?
1: Yeah, I mean, well, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> we saw, I mean, I guess we saw it with Chuck Fletcher in Philly and, um, Maybe you don't trade anyone. <laughs> I, I don't. Yeah, I don't know. I don't have a great answer for that. Um, but I mean, he might also think I might be here next. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I, I I don't know. But I would definitely be checking in with Columbus on on Boone Jenner. I think I kind of like his fit. I think more than a lot of other people do. To to me, I think my unless something crazy happens, the two guys that I'd be going after are Boone Jenner and Yanni Gord. I just don't know. Like, I mean, you mentioned Scott Lawton there. To me, that's a nice bottom six piece as opposed to somebody that can... Like, to me, that's, not, you know, not in a bad way, but it's like adding another Nemesnikov, right? Where you're just... You're you're, you're going to be... You're going to be undermanned compared to what Colorado and Dallas can throw at you, right? So you, you need a little more firepower and oomph there. And I, I think like when you're looking at non Elias Lindholm options, I I think those are probably your best bets in terms of guys that might realistically be on the table for you. Like we said, Columbus essentially dead last Seattle. I mean, four, two points, two, four points out of a playoff spot, depending how you look on it. That might depend a little bit on how the rest of their season goes, but like, I don't know. Seattle, I think could be realistic too. And, Hey, we'll we'll give you Montreal's second round pick for Yannick Gord, borderline first rounder.
0: Like that that might be enough, right? So I would check in with both of those teams. Would you give up a premium for Thomas Thomas Hurdle? Oh, should we should we do that conversation? If he waves his no trade clause, I'd give up whatever. <laughs> I'm not even I'm, and I know that he's got some term and the, the cap dollar is pretty high, but with the cap going up, I, I I think he'd be perfect for this team.
1: So I'll give my opinion on this. I love how you unders- undersold. He's got a high cap in and some term left. Um his term goes till twenty thirty. So yeah, Tyson, there's a little bit of term left on that. You got your number um, two center locked up, and he's making eight point one three per season. 30 years old. I might take the plunge, anyways. <laughs> I, mean, be, yeah, I know. I know. I know it's it's borderline stupid. There's a lot of recklessness in there. But now oh man, that would get I mean, that would get the city would be jacked. The boys in the room would be like, oh baby, here we go. Like this is gonna be a fun couple of months here. I mean, I wonder, I wonder what the ask would be with that, though, just because the contract is what it is. I mean, yeah, I, I wonder, yeah, that, that would be a really interesting one. And Mike Greer hasn't done crazy good with a lot of his trades. You know what I mean?
0: Like, it's not like you're dealing with. I think a first in Chaz and Chaz Lucius. or something yeah. like that. What do you think? First and Chaz Lucius and maybe a Logan Stanley. Yeah, I would.
1: uh, That's a tough one. Because I, yeah, I mean, the one thing that the Jets would have is they wouldn't necessarily need San Jose to retain any money. But maybe, maybe you do get that done. I, I don't know if Lucius is going to be enough in any sort of like big time trade. Just the, uh, I mean, unless there's a team really high on him, but I just don't know how you can throw him in as a quote unquote top prospect when he can't, just can't play. Like he's hurt all the time.
0: It would hurt, but like a first in Lambert and and, yeah, he's thirty, but I think you're getting at least for sure three really good years, maybe four, and then after that you might have to bite the bullet a little bit because he uh, he does play a little bit of a it would it would be
1: though. yeah, it would be a massive all in gamble for sure. And I totally understand people that are like, no way, don't want to be part of that. That's probably the, the the smart, pragmatic approach in all of this. It it probably would. but I, I you know it's funny. I said this on Winnipeg Sports Talk, House. Huh? So I was like, the contract does go till 2030, but banners banners don't go until 2030. They stay up in the rafters for quite some time. So I think to to me, that's the move you make if you think it puts your team over the top. Do you think that would put the Jets over the top? I think so.
0: I I I really do. And even looking forward to the next couple seasons, when you bring in Hurdle, you're going to have to soak that cap hit for the uh, obviously for this season, but then you can start making some moves. This is where keeping a guy like uh, Declan Chisholm would actually help a little bit. It gives mm-hmm. you that freedom to maybe get rid of Dill- Brendan Dillon at the end of the year, but you're able to move some cap around. You get rid of Nate Schmidt, clear some cap up on some other ends. I wouldn't mind. I mean, you have to get rid of the I follow. Is I follow agent after this year? He's got two years left, right? He's got, he's got one more year left, I believe, yeah. Yeah, so getting rid of that, I think, is an easy move as well. You clear up that cap space, and then you have your top six set for the next three years. And that went, and that four groups locked in. I just i I think that this is what you do, knowing that you have the opportunity to win a Stanley Cup this year in a weaker West than normal. Ooh, <laughs> it's so crazy! It just might
1: work. I would I would love to know. I would love to know the fan like temperature on that. I think I think that's one of those where people like. Before they'd be like, I don't think that's a good idea. Don't do that. And then it happens, and everyone's like, Oh, well, yeah, here we go. I wanted it all along. So that would be that would be a game changer. That would be a Chevy move to just pull Tomash Hurdle out of his hat and say, I see your Elias Lindholm, Vancouver. I raise you a hurdle. The hurdle, it could be the hurdle squirtle. (laughs) The saxophone squirtle. Maybe, Maybe it's meant to be. And and you're telling me that hurdle wouldn't be absolutely beloved in Winnipeg. Well, and I mean, we we have seen Boston do this with Hampus Lindholm. There's there's countless examples with other players, but like to get the like the the bad team boost, yeah. like a guy from an awful team going to a playoff team, that like there there's there's an aspect of that. I mean, there's a bit of a jolt that would go through hurdle. And, and he has that
0: playoff experience too. That's what I was gonna say. Like
1: you know, it's not like you're just. Getting the guy that was good in San Jose in obscurity or anything on bad teams, like two wins away from a Cup final, from a, from a Stanley Cup title. I mean, and even in a down year for him, he's still on pace for like thirty goals. So, man, oh, now you got me excited. March eighth, March eighth, let's get it done here. I, I want, I want to see some fireworks. Hurdle and Chicken. I don't even care how it happens. So let's just do it. Let's just go nuts this year. Uh, but we'll we'll keep an eye on that. We've got All-Star Weekend to get to first. And then maybe we could talk about how the Tomas Hurdle pipe dream is, is something that needs to become reality here. Just quickly before we go, Tice, the skills comp, new look skills comp, about to be unveiled this weekend. I think it's a home run for the NHL. And we haven't even seen it in play yet. I think... People need to give it some time, and there might be some bumps and snags, and it won't be smooth. But I think this has got all the potential to be one of the best things the league has done marketing-wise in decades. And I think a legitimate opportunity to be an actual highlight on the sports calendar here in, I'll say, North America, with Canada and the U.S. I think this could be something that Americans would
0: legitimately get excited to tune in for each year. I agree. And and even with like where the landscape is in betting, having the opportunity to watch like, as, you, yeah. right, but it, it's, it is a valid point, regardless, just having having the opportunity to draw eyeballs in on a weekend, where 10 guys are competing in a tournament. And like, you really get to see that it showcases the skill. And it's, it's kind of like that the NBA skills relay on steroids. And I've always been a fan of the relay. It's, yeah, it's, just I, not... it's so much better than that. Like, it's yeah, just,
1: it's... I I, I think the NHL just completely nailed this. Hopefully they take my suggestion about changing the All-Star game into a 2v2 Mortal Kombat style tournament, <laughs> seriously. And then we're really cooking come All-Star weekend. Uh, but this is a nice step in the right direction. So, I, yeah, I mean, and you look at the names too. It's like the big boys are coming to play. Which was so I'll, I'll give I'll give the NHL credit for this, and I'll give those guys credit where it's like, hey, we gotta we gotta make this we gotta make this thing legit, and you can only do that by having and they've got arguably like the best ten players in the NHL, or at least the ten most skilled players in the NHL, going toe to toe on this. So should be exciting to see. Um, I'm sure it'll be tweaked moving forward, but I hope this is something that the NHL sticks with for the long term because I think it's going to be a big, 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 big win. Um, but that'll do it for the episode here and we'll we'll recap it all when we get back at it on Tuesday. See how All-Star weekend went and then get ready for the Jets trip out to the East Coast starting with matchups against Pittsburgh and Philadelphia. So plenty to get into when we get back at it next week. Until then though, let's call it a let's call it a day and head into the weekend in style. Thank you all so star much. For, what's All-Star that? All-Star weekend. All-Star weekend, baby. All-Star weekend in style. That's right. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to another episode of Skates and Plates here on the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm your host, Brandon Rewicki, CJOB's Tyson Rewicki with us once again. We'll talk to you guys on Tuesday. Until then, have a great weekend. Stay safe and enjoy the nice weather, everybody. Peace.